There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to another edition of the Business Elevation Show. It's now 2019 um, and it's brilliant to be uh, with you. I do apologize for anybody who tried to listen to the show last week live and um, there was a, a big power outage in phoenix and we couldn't air so I, i'm pleased to say that we have uh, my guests uh, from last week um tosin and also um sue uh, baxter from uh, sussex and sussex university uh, who have joined me again uh, this week so um brilliant to have them um on on here and uh, great to be talking to you all um so Firstly, I'd like to say um, a thank you to a guest we had on just before Christmas. Um, his name was Anthony Steers. He's the telephone assassin. And I was talking to him about um, you know, being amazing when it comes to uh, communicating and selling over the phone. And one of the things I'm going to do this year, which is a little bit different because the show's now been airing for seven and a half years, is um, you know, what I don't pertain to be is an expert at everything. And obviously, we've now had, I think, 316 different shows with many guests from around the world. And what I thought I would do is just um, uh, pick a few of them, um, some of the people that have really impressed me over the, over the year, and um, link them into the show uh, a little bit more regularly. Um, so what I'm creating is a panel of experts, and Anthony's going to join that as a telephone assassin. And uh, therefore, I've allowed Anthony to put a little banner on the show site. And if you want to click on that, if you're interested in improving your phone-based selling, you can go to Anthony and he will help your company to do that. And we're also um, a relationship um, starting with Rupert Honeywood, um, who is this expert on LinkedIn and and, uh, connecting with people via LinkedIn and developing new opportunities um, through LinkedIn. Uh, if you want to engage with him and build more business through LinkedIn, go to businessgrowthbureau.com. And then um, also uh, with regards to engagement, that's my thing, employee engagement and uh, helping people elevate their businesses. But one of the things we're doing as a business is um, we're providing an amazing survey. If you've got over 20 people in your business, um, up to maybe a 1,000, uh, then we've got a, a fantastic platform, which 11 million pounds have been invested into to create uh, a survey that enables you to really measure employee engagement. Uh, the aim being of the um, is to help 100 million people become more measurably engaged. So if you're interested in that for your business, and we'll do a complete survey of your company for free, providing you of the right sort of scale, uh, and uh, give you some feedback as well on the report, uh, then um, go to the engagement multiplier link on the show and click on that and have a go yourself uh, to doing that survey. So we're going to talk today about a subject that I, I find absolutely fascinating. It's a sector that I've worked in quite regularly, and uh, that's higher education. Um, and um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's such an important subject and it's an important area because it plays an important role in life, you know, preparing our young people uh, and our mature students as well to thrive in the workplace or the entrepreneurial world. And while consulting in the sector, I've been really so excited by potential and initiatives and developments. I've got to be honest, I've also with, witnessed um, some amazing transformative initiatives that uh, would really have helped needs, but they've been squashed by internal politics, which can be quite difficult and tradition in our higher educational and, and, um, environments. 
Um, so I was really keen today to uh, invite um, some experts on education and uh, particularly at Sussex uh, University who do some incredible work and are very entrepreneurial in their approach. They're getting more and more so as well. Um, so my guests today are Tosin Obisi. Um, he's a globally recognized expert on global north-south international business development. And I'd like to thank um, Gareth Bullen, who's been on the show before, who introduced me to Tosin. And he told me about this incredible ball of energy and positive change that is really making a difference within the university. And he said, Chris is going to make a big difference right across the sector. And, and when I first spoke to him, I absolutely got that. So I was delighted to um, be uh, talking with him. And he pioneered a region, regional um, engage for Change strategy, which was held up by the UK Department for International Trade as being sector leading. He's uh, a senior international lead at the University of Sussex in Brighton. Um, which is the UK-based world leader for development studies. I didn't know that. And he's an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur. He redefined his job role to align his passions to the university's mission. And he's leading an entrepreneurship project to position Sussex as the place for corporate entrepreneurs. And then we also have Dr. Sue Baxter, uh, Sue, I think she's at the end of her second week in the university. Uh, she's very newly appointed, so I'll be careful not to ask her lots of questions about the university. Um, but um, a real um, interesting uh, lady, she's Director of Innovation and Business Partnerships at the university, and she's um, driving the university's bold ambition for business engagement and enterprise to enhance research impact for academics and 21st century skills for university students. And uh, looking at her CV, she's, she's an incredibly experienced leader of economic, business and social development. Uh, she's really passionate about organizational change as well and turning high-level aspiration into innovative, practical solutions. Uh, she's held senior roles in the Department of Business, Innovation and Skills in the City of London Corporation. So I think we've got two great people here to talk about transforming education and the benefits. And uh, and I hope um, we've got lots of students as well listening from Sussex, um, I believe. Good luck to those who are studying their exams. And also, I'd like to say hello to the Sussex Nigeria Society and, uh, and, and colleagues of Sue and Tosin's at the International Office. So uh, a welcome to everybody who's listening today and a big welcome to both uh, Tosin and Sue. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Now, for anybody who... Um, Maybe listening, you've got um, your accent doesn't completely sound um, like you're from uh, from from uh, the UK originally. Mm -hmm. I know you're from Nigeria, Tosin. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, do you want to tell us a bit about your background? You know, in Nigeria, and you know how you ended up to be, being in Sussex, and, yeah. and then maybe you can tell us a bit about the university as well. Yeah, no problem. And thanks again for having us. It's uh, I think from the time we spoke and um, this brilliant introduction they've given. Now if you did it, you know, no pressure at all, mate. No pressure. Now I'm totally have to live up to the hype. But thank you for that introduction. <laughs> and um, basically, yeah, it's uh, thanks um, to Sue for joining as well. I think we would be, as we as you've said, you know, education is definitely that thing that um, has so much importance to all our lives and also to the workplace, because that's, you know, it's the future to everything we do. And my case is a really a good example of that, because I came down from Nigeria in the pursuit of education, you know, it's better education, better quality of life, um, better um, career prospects. And there are thousands and thousands of international students who make that decision, and even UK students, you know, who take loans to make decision on going to university. 
And for many of us, it can even be some, one of the biggest decisions that we make. And, um, you know, and how the experience at university ends up preparing us for, you know, that future we want, that we are uncertain about. It's so important. And that's where uh, me coming here with a different idea of what I was going to learn on um, what the UK was going to be like and going all the way to Aberdeen. Um, so um, shout out to any of the any Aberdonians out there. I had a blast. I had a great time. Didn't know how cold it was going to be. They don't tell you that in the prospectus, <laughs> but there you go. Um, it was an amazing, brilliant place to study. And I left there um, and then came down to work down south at the University of Portsmouth. And after I finished, I had the privilege and continued pleasure to be working at the University of Sussex now for six years. I was going to be for three, but you know what they say, time flies when you're having fun. And I'm still here since then. Excellent. Well, I think uh, it's, uh, it's lovely up there in, in Northern Scotland, but I think you probably picked one of the coldest places in the country. So. Absolutely did. <laughs> a little bit more um, a, you know, nicer climate down in Sussex. It's, it's a nice area down there and uh, in terms of temperature, not that it isn't in Scotland. Um, so Tosin, uh, well, well, thank you for thank you for joining us. And maybe, Sue, you know, you could tell us a little bit about um you know, you've obviously you've uh, into this new post now, but you come with lots of experience. Tell us a bit about you know, your background and what really got you excited about you know being at the you know at the, at the front when it comes to transforming higher education. Yeah, well, hi, and, and hi to all the listeners as well. And Tosin's experience sounds far more exciting than mine, I have to say. <laughs> so I came from a, a relatively grey background of uh, bureaucracy and government, which. I had, I have to say, uh, it's it's not actually that grey. I had some some wonderful um, opportunities to see things that that ordinary people in in my ordinary life I would never get the opportunity to experience. So, um, but a very different end of the the telescope, really, to to the 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 kind of day to day uh, dealings that I have now. And I think for me, the light bulb moment was when I was in. Um, one of my uh, my my uh, previous jobs in government, I was uh, in a, a, a very prestigious university talking about a major European uh, funded research program, uh, and even I was impressed when the, the the people I was meeting with from the university actually flew in for the meeting by helicopter, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was well impressed, and the research they were doing. It was potentially um, you know, world-changing, really. Uh, a great um, window peep into to the, what the future might hold. And then as we were discussing things, I said, well, this, this is all fantastic, this facility, the, the surroundings that you're in. Uh, so tell me, how many local jobs have you created? Because really, I, I can see that your facility has the potential to lift this whole area and um, surprisingly, the, the guy who'd fl- flown in by helicopter thought about it really hard and said, well, we have two cleaners. Uh, and for me, I think that was the, the, the time which they lost me because I thought, you know, this, this university has been on the shoulders of, of people like those two cleaners through their taxes and their hard efforts to make this facility such a success. Uh, and really, two cleaners is, is not enough. Uh, so ever since then, you know, that planted the seed for me that um, universities are great places. They do great stuff, 
but actually they could they could do a lot more in terms of turning themselves outwards and really showcasing the difference that they can make to society not just in in 50 years time or through sort of some of the top R&D companies but actually here and now for ordinary people and for the the areas that, that host them so that's kind of really what led me into the world of higher education into doing what I'm doing now and do, do you think you know by by connecting with the outside world and with with organizations um you know do you, do you think um it's it's a good way for universities to learn as well about you know what maybe you know employers want and uh, in terms of education for for students um Absolutely. well as maybe also helping with maybe research and things like that with uh, organizations in the outside world Absolutely. I think um, really universities and and the academic staff have as much to learn from their students as the students have from from them. I see it as as an exchange of life experience and ideas. Uh, And, you know, university academics, they may be very brainy in lots of ways. Um, And I know Sussex has some of the best. Uh, But nevertheless, you know the 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 old um, stereotype image of of the boffin, the professor, professorial boffin who knows a huge amount with a, a really large head. You know, the, it's not altogether um, without foundation because some people, when they get very expert in their field, they can cut off a bit from from the people around them, from the area around them, from life, uh, and so they need that constant challenge and that. Um, exposure to young people to, to to really drag them back into the real world and and demonstrate to them how relevant their ideas are. Mm. And similarly, they need people like me to expose them to the world outside, to businesses, to the public authorities that could really get a boost from from the, the terrific R and D that they mm. do. Yeah, I was I was um, we we were at a, an event last week on an advisory panel to a completely different university, and I think we. What we felt with uh, in that environment was the university really presented to the advisory panel on what it was going to do, whereas actually there was so much opportunity today to get lots of advice uh, mm. to enable them to do it better. And I think that was, um, you know, we, we came away very frustrated from it, thinking actually we just we just listened and, and, and we looked at the amazing people that were in that room and thought, gosh, there was so much skill here that you could have capitalized on. And I, um, I just feel that thought in that particular scenario, it was a missed opportunity. So, you know, mm-hmm. is that something that you embrace at Sussex? Absolutely. I think that's why Tosin has been given the, the, <laughs> the, the missile that he's got with him to, to go and do his thing. Yeah, I mean, it was funny when you were we chatting last week. So it was like, so... What do you do? It's like I'm an international officer at the university. It's like you seem to be all over the place doing all sorts of weird or wonderful things. <laughs> it's like, what do you how do you do it? And I was like, well, number one is I have a job and my job I have to deliver on my job. You know, I've been given a responsibility and I have to do it. But there are certain people, not you know, it's like there are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs as we know them. And they are a different class of people. They're born a certain way and they know how to go for what they want and they know how to analyze risk and jump in straight away and take action. And then there are people who are not going to be entrepreneurs. And universities, you know, we we produce so many graduates through the years, over the centuries, and not all of them will be entrepreneurs. Um, Many of them will work for companies. That is the reality. 
but there are many of them who have an entrepreneurial mindset, who have a certain spark on how to see problems, on how to be creative, and how to really drive innovation in their own way. And that was what I was. I didn't know it was a thing. I particularly, there was a name for it. I just knew I was kind of like always trying to do things and create value and all that kind of stuff. And I found out later on that it's called entrepreneurs. And those are people that work in companies with an entrepreneurial mindset. And coming to Sussex, I found out Sussex is by, de by design in its history, very, it's always had a very innovative and disruptive by design history, mm -hmm. where it's always trying to change things and it's always trying to be the pioneering university for many things like um, interdisciplinarity was Sussex that really pioneered that in this country. So I thought this was really interesting, uh, but you just don't get to the level of being an entrepreneur just by that. You have to, like anything else, you have to learn it and then you have to earn it. And what I realized is I had an environment that allowed or is growing to allow that kind of mindset to thrive. And the connection that I've now seen for me working in an educational establishment is we're hearing feedback from employers that that's what they want now from graduates that um, just the knowledge that when I came to study in the UK, it's all about I'm going to get my degree and I'm fine and I'm going to go for my job. They are not saying that they want people who can come in with a little bit more entrepreneurial mindset, who can come in and be the problem solvers because they know that innovation is a competitive advantage of the future now. And I think that our people, our companies like Sussex, I think we're working towards it. We're seeing people beyond just job descriptions and job roles to the totality of the person's talent. And we don't bottle up people in just jobs or roles. There is so much that people can bring to the table, but that needs to be managed and that needs to be nurtured in a way where it supports what the organizational goals are. And that's, that's what I think. Excellent. I'm going to have to stop you there because we've got to go to commercial break. But after the break, um, I think it'd be good just to also just maybe reflect on you know some of the changes that are going on the world in the world that really mean that higher education must adapt. And I love the way that you know you you are. You talk about this entrepreneurship, and we'll find out more about that after the after the break. Um, yeah. But I, I love you know I love the way that you connect with the outside world, and uh, that's what attracted me to you, Tosin, and to talk yeah. to you because uh, I've not I've not always seen that um, in the way that you do it uh, in in other educational establishment so let's talk about some of the changes after the break that are going on and why education really must adapt and then we'll get a bit more into entrepreneurship and you know what what really is it and what are some of the mm -hmm. key behaviors and uh, and also also how do leaders who are maybe used to education operating in a certain way how do they be more flexible to allow this to actually occur effectively so we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes fantastic thank When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching 
facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and I'm with, uh, with Tosin and with Sue from uh, the University of Sussex. And before the break, we were talking about uh, their backgrounds and about education changing and about uh, we got into in- entrepreneurship. But I'd really like to just, before we go more into this um, entrepreneurship, and I think, you know, I really recognize from, from my experience in this sector, just the opportunity to maybe do things differently. And and I think probably, you know, there's, there's a lot of change going in the world, which now means that higher education really does need to adapt. So I'm just interested, Sue, you know, what are the changes that you're seeing going in the world that really mean that higher education maybe need to start to even more shift their behaviours and their ways of doing things? Yeah, thanks, Chris. I think uh, anyone who is is currently in higher education or thinking about higher education, uh, and certainly by the time you get to my grand old age, you'll see that the world is changing faster and faster than uh, almost with every year. And I don't know if, if listeners have heard of that phrase, the VUCA world, V-U-C-A, VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous. But I think increasingly we're headed to those times. And uh, I would say that's a particularly uh, poignant uh, point for, for people in the UK right now on the, on the edge of Brexit, possibly not Brexit. But um, but in general, I think that there's a, the, the, the impact of automation and robotics is going to transform the workplace uh, in which people are currently being educated to, to face. So I, I've uh, heard the statistic that 47% of jobs in the US could be automated in the next 20 years from Martin Ford. I think in the UK that's about 20, 35%. But you know that, that kind of scale of transformation um, the Internet of Everything, I think a market over, of over $14 trillion in the 10 years up to 2022 in terms of value. So, you know, these kind of real wholesale changes are going to demand new business models in which markets and industries and whole economies will just um, make themselves, remake themselves over and over at a faster and faster rate. On, on the social side, you see a society becoming probably more and more polarized uh, and certainly, you know, a little bit more troubled in recent times um, as as all of these changes uh, canter on. 
Uh, and anyone born after 2012, I think, will have to retrain. I've heard another statistic over four times in their working life completely to, to understand and, and master a new profession that doesn't yet exist. So with that kind of change, people's ex expectations of society and of each other, and, and certainly of learning and education, what people currently consider education, will be so different, we don't even know how, how to describe that difference. So, you know, if we don't really even know what to expect in terms of life chances, you know, the kind of solutions that we need for ourselves and our children's and our grandchildren is the kind of um, uh, attitude of the approach that needs to be built into higher education. So really, what I see higher education now having to do is to, to equip young people, not just with hard skills, that the, the, the disciplines they come to learn, but also to uh, instill in them and help develop a mindset where they just embrace the unexpected, because the world is going to be a lot more uh, personalized and where uh, um, uh, services um, and marketing is directed to the individual and customized around you and your personal preferences. Everyone, companies, yourself's going to have to be a lot more agile and respond to things in a much more real-time way. It's going to be less invested in authority and traditional leadership. And you just need to kind of um, free your mind in terms of um, you know, getting getting a degree when you're 21 in a particular subject area, and that sees you through for, until you're 60. It's mm. just not going to be like that. So those harder skills that uh, perhaps when I went to university, which is an awful long time ago now, is going to really um, have to 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 make to, to make all of that work that that education investment work for you. You're going to have to develop all of those softer skills that perhaps certainly in, in schools, they don't really teach and they don't emphasize, um, you know, the, the, the top 10 skills for 2020 will be around complex problem solving, creativity, people, emotional intelligence, negotiating uh, new ideas, new ways of doing things. Um, so, you know, my post in, in the, the University of Sussex, my, my new job, uh, and that's just newly created, I think is kind of partly in recognition of all of that. And so we, we do really need to build in all of that kind of extra level of, of education intelligence around the core disciplines and the traditional subject areas that people come to the UK and to come to Sussex to explore. This is the other... The, this is the, the other great dimension um, to what we can offer here. I, I t thank you. I thought that was that's an absolutely fantastic summary, Sue. I, I think uh, articulation of uh, you know the, the changing world and, and you know really you really brought that to um, you know alive for us. I think so. You know, thank you for that. And I, and I was also really pleased in there that you talked about softer skills as well, because um, you know with all of this sort of polarization and. You know, we, you could imagine a situation where people take courses with a, an avatar on their own at home. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, um, uh, you know, actually, 
there's, there's, we can miss out on this sort of socialization and bringing people together. And, you know, when we know when we have people together and they're feeling really engaged, which is my passion, you know, they achieve so much more. I was, I was talking with a, a principal of a, a very big um, higher education establishment only this week. And, you know, he was t- giving me an example of a, you know, a, a, a university where in the first weeks uh, at the first week, the students don't even get to go through the front door. They get taken away to kind of kind of socialize and team bond before they even set foot into the institution. And they found out that, you know, by doing that, the, the results are so much more significant. People are, you know, engaged with each other and excited and more working together. And uh, and I just I just think that's, um, you know, a, a way we have to go because uh, with social media and devices and, you know, people can get more insular. Um, yeah. So... Exactly that. Lots to think about. And therefore, I think um, you know, this, this whole area then, you know, it, it requires us, doesn't it, to think about education in a different way with all of these, this exterior world that's impacting it and, and changing it and in the ways we, we, opportunities we have to learn. And, and Tosin, you've really become an ambassador for entrepreneurship. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think what I'd really like you to do is just, can you just really maybe articulate to us what exactly is intrapreneurship? So that's I N T R A mm. versus entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, what is it, and how are they related? Okay, uh, I think for me, it is a danger of um, putting too much emphasis on the label, to which case it then loses any particular relevance or meaning, and it becomes about the label as well. So, in as much as it means something. I think what it really boils down to is about a mindset. So um, entrepreneurship is about having an entrepreneurial mindset, but that is essentially being like an entrepreneur within an organization. So the plus side is obviously your entire money is not at stake. There are benefits to working in in a company where you can use your the same kind of skill sets that entrepreneur would use, you can harness that and use that to drive change, to drive innovations, to generate revenue, to um, to reduce to make cost savings, uh, products, new services. There's so many examples of people who have done that, and what companies have realized is they could either harness this talent that they have and use it to really drive up their brand or their reputation or their profits. I mean, people that have really been successful at it are the likes of um, Facebook, obviously, um, who use their, who give a specific amount of time for staff who are entrepreneurial in nature to develop projects. The benefits of that is people have different passions. So they bring their passions into play. They, and I know you're passionate about what employee engagement, Chris. So that is one area that entrepreneurship does. It can it then helps staff to potentially find more job satisfaction, more meaning in their work. But more importantly for me, I think it's the ability to really expand your job description and be able to create opportunities for yourself and to, to see problems and solve it for your organization. Um, what we 
I, I, I would always stress about entrepreneurship. It sounds very much like this rebel and this renegade who just runs about like a chicken causing trouble. It's not a one-man affair. <laughs> it's really not. Um, one-woman affair. A one-woman affair, exactly. It's not a one-person affair at all. Um, like an African proverb says, you know, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And I think collaboration is the key to any successful entrepreneurial endeavor, like anything else. And we, as Sue said earlier, these are the skills that employers are looking for in the 21st century workforce now. Collaboration, not just the creativity. You can have the creativity, but you're not going to do it by yourself. So I think um, for me, what that's the essence of what entrepreneurship is. It was coined by Gifford Pincher, and it, it was he it, it just defined it in very simple terms as dreamers who do which I thought is a very fantastic definition. Uh, but other people that have gotten involved in entrepreneurship and really invested in it, that many people may not know, is the likes of Steve Jobs himself. I mean, the products like the Apple products and uh, the Mac, Steve Jobs himself was not just an entrepreneur, he was a really strong supporter of entrepreneurship because he realized the benefits. Richard Branson has regular committed resources to that in, in, in his company. And I think it, this is becoming what we're seeing more of a trend. And our companies are realizing that for us to really stand out, we have to be able to develop innovation from within. That's essentially what it is. How can we foster an, a culture, a mindset? So it's not just a mindset, it's a way of thinking, a way of seeing, and a way of doing. And the role of universities is how do we start to think about how we can foster this talent because many of the students we create will be entrepreneurs, will, will work in companies and not be entrepreneurs. So how do companies and universities develop an ecosystem approach where we know that the skills they're looking for in the future workforce, the university classroom could become the boardroom? Wow, uh, it makes complete and utter sense. and. And in the university, you've got you've actually it's, it's a very it's it's a very there's a very um, kind of organic and there's an opportunity, isn't there, to sort of spread your wings within a university mm -hmm. and with its uh, outer world in so many different ways. So and I can see how you know being entrepreneurial in that environment, if the organisation will allow it, um, it, can be really really powerful, as I know it is at Sussex. So I'm kind of in, intrigued to you know from a from a leader's perspective, mm -hmm. uh, then. You know, and we've got about four minutes now till commercial break. From a leadership perspective, having people who are suddenly, you know, starting to behave a bit like they're operating in Google or, you know, in Facebook or, or these companies that are seen to be very entrepreneurial in an environment that actually can be quite traditional. You know, how how do leaders adapt to this sort of different way of working? I think if leaders are going to harness the kind of creativity that Tosin's been talking about. Uh, we need leaders of tomorrow who are, uh, have a wide open radar. They're not hierarchical. Uh, they're, they're not aloof. They have the humility to realize that they don't know it all and that they're set up and their management team uh, can't give them all the answers. And they need to open their minds uh, and have an open heart to new ideas, different ways of doing things from anyone around them. That could be someone they meet in the street by chance, their next door neighbor, someone they meet on holidays, students at the university. 
And and you need to be genuinely genuinely interested in people, uh, and realise that uh, you know that, that other people have. If you give if you breathe a bit of oxygen onto their good ideas and give them support, they may do things a very different way to you, but they may do things in a better way. And uh, a good leader is someone who can harness all of that um, creativity around them and channel them, channel it to the organisation, and if necessary, let it become a slightly different, and better organisation than the one they would have made on their own. Mm. So, because it's really kind of a, a, you could be prepared to be flexible and adaptive, and and and, and challenge your own you know, our own beliefs about doing things, perhaps. Absolutely. And equally be supportive of someone else, you know, give give them the reins. Um, and, and not just in a nominal way, but really you know, put some weight behind it. And, and great things can happen, like we see with Tosin here. Mm. Yeah. I think um, just to add to that is also everything. We've seen companies that have not innovated over time. The way things are changing, it's remarkable. And I think this opportunities for companies to really, in a way, disrupt themselves regularly, um, internally, because these are people who will be able to feed back to you what the future trends are, what's going on externally, because innovation is really from the outside in. And I think that universities are blessed, not just with amazing staff, but they have the next gen students right there. They have Generation Z potentially at their footstep, and they have millennials. So it's about, these are the people that know you can co-create with, I think. It's an amazing opportunity to co-create with them to actually help drive and shape our curriculum, shape where we want to get to, future of education. And, um, you know, I, I really, I'm very optimistic and I see a lot happening in the higher education sector that I think we're going to see that happen. It's, uh, I think, uh, but a lot of it is working with the private sector quite closely in a, in a better way than we've probably done in the past. Mm, I can really see that um, benefit for the private sector, you know, being involved. They're sort of seeing that next generation before it comes into the workplace, if they engage with them and maybe place them, but also during uh, that process, observe them and uh, and uh, you're engendering them in into you know, the ways of working that will, you know, a bit like entrepreneurship that will uh, enable them to become more successful and more useful in their careers. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds sounds good. I'm just one one. We've only got a minute to commercial break, so it's a very sort of hopefully a quick sort of question. But I'm in, interested with um, you know with this entrepreneurship approach. Do students have to be maybe uh, be mindful that some companies will give them more entrepreneurship reign uh, because by that because of their culture, there may be some of the companies organisations that might be quite traditional. Um, in terms of for students who are thinking of where to study, is that what you mean? I'm thinking about where, 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 not study, but I'm thinking about where to go next. Where to go. I think it's something that employers are increasingly looking for, and students should start thinking about how can I cultivate entrepreneurial skills within the relatively safe confines of a university environment? Yes. It's not. It's, there's an opportunity to do that, and I will, we'll talk a little bit later about what those skills are and areas, how you could develop that, so that when you go to an employer, you could say, Look, here is an example of what I've done that indicates to you that I am the answer you're looking for. To I am going to bring solve problems for you, and I'm going to drive innovation for you. And they can do a lot of that in the universities, and I think universities can better support that as well. That's great. So start to demonstrate it and work with it, build those skills in the university, and then you're you're going to be more fit when you get out. And outside, uh, to evidence that. 
Yeah. Excellent. That's brilliant. Well, um, thank you for all of that. After after the break, let's talk a little bit more about um, maybe, maybe um, we could have a chat about, you know, for example, you know, pe- children um, who are consider- going into higher education mm. and parents who are now thinking, you know, what sort of established, what the, what's the sort of criteria we need to look for now mm. when we're choosing which establishment for uh, our children to go to or students thinking, you know, which, which universities do I really want to be attracted mm. to? And, uh, and some of those important things, um, which uh, are not just about um, you know having a drink and a good time and uh, partying and that socialising. So let's come back and talk about that after after the break, and then we'll find out a little bit more about some of the things that are going on at at uh, Sussex. Fantastic, thank you. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with tosin and with dr sue baxter we're talking about um, about transformation education we're talking about entrepreneurship uh, and uh, i wanted to really to ask the question because there's maybe people listening right now who who are maybe uh, planning on going into higher education or there are parents who are helping their young adults decide you know on the, the sort of criteria uh, for selection for um, universities or um, higher education uh, or whatever you refer to that level of education at uh, in your country um, so Sue, maybe um, you know, what are your thoughts? What are what are the criteria? What should people be really looking at when they're trying to decide which place to go on and study uh, into, um, you know, into advanced uh, education? And also, um, you know, should what about parents? I mean, I can imagine there might be some, you know, different criteria and things. So maybe just help help us unpick that. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, really what will make uh, a a great graduate, not just a good graduate, is a university that 
um, the, the looks of the whole person and looks at how they can develop the, the, the person that comes in into a different person when the leaves. So I know from, um, from you know, thinking back to when I was young, uh, you would look at a university in terms of um, the, the place itself and the social opportunities, uh, maybe somewhere that was a long way from home quite deliberately, Parents are looking at academic expertise and really, you know, somewhere in between that, they're, they're kind of missing uh, what I think will make for, for the greatest success recipe for any graduate. Um, so look beyond the prospectus, look beyond the place and the social life and look at what the university seems to do for the people that leave in terms of helping you grow your own ideas not just achieve academic excellence, but how how do people that leave that place, where do they end up in life? Um, and, and are they transformed in, in the way that you as a, a prospective student or you as a parent would want to see your child really transform and, and grow and develop 150% into the person that you could be? And, and that's not quite captured in a prospectus. It's not captured in the, the student union bar or the, 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 so, the, uh, the societies. It's, uh, it's the, 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 the quality and the, 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 the life um, skills and, and, and achievements of the, the graduates and the alumni. And if you if you can check that out and look at the kind of look at what students say about how the university supports them as a whole person, um, then that's that that's the kind of criteria you should use. So it's really really interesting. I got very excited with with one university. They asked me about could I run a self development program for their students and to teach them all about self development to help them, uh, you know, further on in in life. And uh, then I realized they were giving me one hour during their entire stay at university. (laughs) 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 Uh, Actually, yeah, that probably wouldn't rank that high on the list. But but really, it's not just about um, developing yourself, is it? It's it's, uh, especially if you're young, you need people to help you develop. Mm. So you need people to show you the way and even explain quite explicitly how you can develop yourself and give you a few hands up and maybe introduce you to a few people, places, initiatives that will help you do that. So they need to help breathe oxygen onto your good ideas and not just tell you it's it's your own responsibility to develop yourself. And and I think to me, that's the the hallmark of a really good university Mm. that, that kind of means the rhetoric behind the prospectus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe introducing people to, uh, to uh, you know, to some of the sort of principles in life that you know these people who've left and are now past yeah. alumni and they're, you know, mm-hmm. they've gone on and they set up businesses or they're doing very well in the corporate world or whatever it is that they uh, that they're doing because they might have gone on and become musicians or entertainers mm-hmm. or what whatever. Uh, but um, you know, some of those uh, principles in life that uh, are really important. We often. You know, I'm amazed. I, I, you know, maybe sometimes find I'm with you know 40 year olds, and I'm teaching them about things which um, uh, around self development that they really, if they if they'd learned those things at university level, mm-hmm. uh, could have really put them on the right footing and and very early. So, I mean, yeah. how, how um, you know, how how do you help to yeah really you know get people excited about 
what they could really do with their potential and start to become more aware to some of those things that make a difference. Do, do you do outside of the curriculum? Do you, are you doing things at Sussex to help them? I mean, well, I was going to add to your point. I think it's a brilliant point you made. And I think universities, um, you know, you come in, you're, especially young students, when they come in, you're automatically an adult. You're, you're an independent person. And you figure things out. You learn, which is great. But also that means that, you know, the onus is on you to really make the most of what you've got at your fingertips to really develop yourself. And I think um, one of the things that university experience could really do is to help students define the meaning of success. What does it mean? You know, and I think, you know, there are many definitions of that. Some, some people say it's to be rich. Some people say have a good job. Ultimately, everybody wants to come out and have a worthy career. But I think it, what I've just from a few things I've been reading of late that says success really is just that progressive actualization of a worthy struggle. I mean, if it's for students to really know why they're at uni, that what is my worthy struggle? I mean, what is my worthy ideal? What is it that I'm actually passionate about? You know, so beyond just my degree, I mean, what is it that I want to really do in the world? And uh, uh, it's not the role of a university to do that, I wouldn't say completely, but I think that it could be opportunities there to put more support, more um, opportunities there for students to really learn those soft skills you were talking about just now. So things like um, life skills, you know, and how to deal with failure, you know, how to deal with, um, op 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 you know, just issues you would face in life that you would learn in the university of life that could we possibly really look at how we could provide support for students to experience that. And that's what we're trying to do with our new entrepreneurship clinic that we'll be bringing on hopefully in April, May. It's to really bring those kind of opportunities together and let students really figure things out, introduce them to people who have walked the walk, talked the talk, but also let them work with corporate partners to really try and tackle real world problems. And we hopefully, fingers crossed, we should be able to do the first ones in May with Amex, which is going to be fantastic. Fantastic. What a fantastic definition, that the progressive application of your worldly struggle. Um, I think that's a really brilliant application. Uh, you know, you know, often we talk about success and it's talked about in really positive terms, but you're right, life is a, life is a struggle and we go through ups and downs. And uh, if you're progressively moving through that, um, through that journey, which is a natural one, uh, then that, I think that's a you know a very good uh, articulation of, um, of of what we all have to do in life. Um, probably the, one of the best I've ever heard, actually. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so, why should people come to Sussex University, Tosin? Um, this is where I did a plug. So do you want to take this one? What was it be like for your Sussex, your first one? Uh, why should people come to Sussex? I think because, um, as you just heard with that stellar uh, exposition from Tosin about the kind of things we're starting to offer, mm. uh, we are starting to look at the whole person. We are starting to think about what more can we do to help people become uh, the, the people they always wanted to be, not just in, in academic terms, in a way that's old hat, um, but to, you know, to, to be the kind of person that's going to embrace the world that we live in 20, 30, 40 years from now when, when we're all dead and buried, 
they need to be able to make that new world. And you can't just rely on the traditional disciplines alone and, and studying and, 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 and books um, and, and exams and that, that whole system alone just to get you through that. We need to be open to the future. And that's what we're starting to really uh, embed into the curriculum here as much as the academic excellence. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I mean, Sue's pretty much said it. The rest of it is just going to be finding what fits for you, really. Um, you're going to go to university. You're going to be there for three, four years, um, either doing a placement year, and then you're going to go to a career. And that university is going to be a part of you. I went to the university in Aberdeen, and it's still a part of me, what you learn there, the lessons you take away. And it's a big, I think those three years, is how much of it can you get out of the university? And for me, a lot of obviously living in Brighton is fantastic. That's it itself, it's a great place to be. Many students choose to come here um, just to be in Brighton. And I think it's an amazing place to live in. But beyond that is the amount of um, world leaders and people who are changing things that this university has produced. For me, that's the essence. It's, what are the people that are related or connected to the university? What impact? It's, it comes down to impact and value in the world. And we've produced so many presidents, so many world leaders, so many innovators. And constantly we are producing young people at this university who are always inspiring me from Nigerian students to Venezuelan students to Indian students, young people who get you thinking, wow, I wish I, could, I had done that when I was their age. I think for me, that's that's what I'm passionate about. That's why I'm still here after six years. Really. Fantastic. Well, we're going to nearly right at the end of the interview now. So I've uh, probably got 30 seconds to ask you, uh, Sue, um, do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? Um, I would say uh, that a, a great university experience is not just about achieving well academically. It's about helping you be the kind of person you always wanted to be. And most importantly of all, it's about helping you embrace the unknown and embrace the future. And that's what you mm -hmm. should look for when you choose a university. Fantastic. Anything to add, Tosin? I think that's it. And I just wish uh, all the young people all the best for the future and just um, have a great time, make the most of university. And um, yeah, all the yeah. best. Fantastic. And uh, and best of luck. I believe you've got a radio show as well. That's going to happen in the university. I, yes. To me. Yes, we just set up our radio show. So tune in. We're going to be starting hopefully over the next couple of months. And we will be getting current Sussex students to be interviewing Sussex alums. And they will be sharing their experience and tips for success for young people. So stay tuned. Got to leave you there. If you want more information, go to sussex.ac.uk. Uh, I'm sure if you um, go to Sussex uh, and you contact them, you can get in touch with Tosin that way or maybe link in with him. And the same with uh, Dr. Sue Baxter as well, if you want to connect with them. On next week's show, we have Chad Barr. We're going to talk about how to create a global digital empire. Uh, Chad is absolutely amazing. He's um, he, 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 he works. He's sort of the go-to person when it comes to uh, developing websites and building a digital empire in the United States. Um, so um, do join into that show. I always love talking with, with Chad. Uh, once again, a huge thank you to the University of Sussex, to Tosin, to Sue. I thought that was a fascinating interview with some really great insights. And, and I have to say, uh, if I was looking at where to go and study, uh, I would certainly be one university that I would uh, give consideration to. Um, and we will give you a scholarship, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> just you. Uh, thank you. That sounds great. I should look forward to that. <laughs> thank you. 
Any questions or comments, do get in touch with me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Wish you all well. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.